Well, welcome to OzBuzz. I'm Ozzy Durock. I have the privilege of being the host uh, of OzBuzz and I'm really pleased to welcome to um, our show the uh, chair of Community Futures BC, Mike Gurneri. Is that right? That is, is, good. That is yeah. correct, Ozzy. And um, I'm really happy you take the time to chat with us about the wonderful world of uh, Community Futures. I mean, what, what kind of an organization is that? So Community Futures is Canada-wide. We have 34 offices in British Columbia. Wow. Yeah, and they're basically rural-based. And the, uh, the, the work that Community Futures uh, does is primarily support business in rural communities in development and through loans. They also so have you give them top up a loan that they had, or, or just startups, even startups yeah, well, even yeah. startups as well. So, uh, you know, some will, uh, businesses will uh, will work with uh, organizations like Community Futures or or BDC as another example. BDC being the, the Business Development Bank of Canada. Right. So they're throughout Canada too, and work with that structure instead of a, a local uh, a bank or a credit union, and uh, so they, it's through development of, of generally small and medium enterprises uh, and the rural communities. So there's there's 34 here, 90 in Western Canada, wow. and 268 throughout Canada. Well, I guess uh, your organization also has experience dealing with small business and, and some of the challenges they have more than perhaps uh, a bank would do. You know, you, you have more, is it compassion you have or is it more understanding or you? Well, not to say that banks don't have compassion. I don't <laughs> want to go down that route. <laughs> <clears throat> However, yeah. uh, there are some uh, support systems that are more, probably more available through Community Futures uh, that you may not get in traditional uh, lending uh, scenarios. And, you know, even, I guess even more recently that we've seen in uh, perhaps the northern communities of BC, where we had some Community Futures offices really uh, raise their profile and stand up for their communities, by helping uh, the, the the fire recovery right. uh, of 2017, and so they've been really working on getting businesses back, helping them find sources, collaborating with government and and other uh, not for profits and and related agencies, and building up those communities. So let's say I have a I'm a small business entrepreneur and and I need a loan. Do I go first to a regular bank? And then to you, or do I see you right away? You can see us right away, uh, you, or you can see a community futures office right away. Um, you know, it's about developing also your plan and how you want to right. execute your business as right. well. I think the the business bank they want you to go first to be turned down before you go to them, isn't it, or something like that? In a lot of ways, and community futures probably wouldn't uh, sway you from that idea too. I mean, it is. You know, you want to make sure as a as a business person, you're getting the rate you want and the support right. you want. Sure. And uh, we generally, you know, we don't want to be competing with with the banks that well or as well. And uh, a lot of people will generally go to their banks first and and find out where they set, but they can talk to the community futures office too. Would be a good thing, anyways. Everybody that goes for a mortgage should check it out. You know, it's funny sometimes you're with your bank for ten years and friendly, lovely bank gives you a renewal notice and they go next door and you get a better rate. <laughs> you know, so so you gotta, it's, it behooves you, if there's such a word, it behooves you to go around and check out. And, and I know that word behooves yeah. exists. I do remember that from grade eight. <laughs> uh, but however, uh, you know, the one thing that, you know, 
you, you can see in the Community Futures Office is those support systems and building and going up and making sure that you know, you're know you heading the right direction, you're getting the follow-up afterwards. Really, that especially for new businesses, that's a really good support that is available. Well, you even have a program that uh, reduces obstacle f obstacles for people with disabilities. The instance. Entrepreneurs with Disabilities yeah. program. So, and that, thank you for bringing that up uh, because that program you know, it's for people with chronic health challenges, mm -hmm. and it's very important to understand that, you know, if you do have a chronic health problem, and, and sometimes we get in that mindset of what's a disability, right? but, you know, if you're a person with those health challenges, maybe it's, you know, a, a you know, constant pain or, or, or whatever it could be, uh, you know, certainly declare that, and uh, there's a, some other opportunities that you can use the entrepre Entrepreneurs with Disabilities program. Well, as chair of the Communities Futures BC, so what is, what is your function? Do you just sit on a big chair and direct traffic? Or, uh, well, generally I was kind of hoping <laughs> for that position, but it was already taken. I think uh, those, those positions are perhaps in larger capital cities of countries. But um, it's, and it's not quite like herding cats either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I work with uh, other directors. They're very, very intelligent, very focused people that represent, they're also attached to a community futures office. And we, we break down our work on uh, committee levels. It's, it's not a, uh, a position to pad a resume at all. Uh, all of them are volunteers as part of the Western diversification contract with community futures. Uh, your boards are volunteers. And uh, we work on uh, hearing from the network of the community futures office of where we should go and and apply our leverage to make sure that you know we have funding we look for resources that we can also help right. within that client so having said that what do i do uh, certainly work with our uh, executive director in mission bc uh, outstanding executive director named cheryl johnson and uh you know work on the plans for the the next meetings go over the budgeting, go sure. over, you know, just along General with the rest of the committee, just like any other board would. Well, I had the privilege of uh, making a speech to the organization, and I was really taken with how dedicated everybody was. And they were having fun, but they really wanted to be there, and they wanted to learn and grow and, and help other people. I think that seems to be the, the theme that, that I took away from that meeting. I think, so. I think you're right on, right on that. And, you know, when you take a look at, uh, you know, because thank you for coming out, and that was in 2015 here in Kimberley <laughs> uh, that we, we had you. So, uh, we've st you know, we still get great comments about the, the conference we had then uh, and, and talking about that and, and what we do. And, and really those people, besides the employees themselves, but the volunteers uh, yeah. are just a driving uh, support and really make that network connection. That's what I find really amazing, even uh, in places like Kimberley, but other small towns, there seems to be more of a, an esprit de corps. Somehow we all chip in, or we are all part of Rotary, or all part of doing something. I mean, in Kimberley, it amazes me that if I want to cross the road, I just indicate with slight foot movement that I'm about to enter the street and all the cars stop. I noticed the deer also stand at attention waiting for the traffic light, you know. Well, well the deer, <laughs> perhaps the deer have trained us. I'm yeah. not sure how, which way it went. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, for those listening, if you haven't been to Kimberley, BC, we have a wonderful collection of mule deer here. Yeah. And uh, I, 
I find them quite entertaining. Yeah, they're everywhere except uh, when, uh, when it, uh, they're eating all my flowers, you know. And oh. <laughs> I still have a bear running through the yard right now in the Chapman Camp area. That's, you mustn't say that, that they're bears, you know, you don't attract people to it. Anyways, in Coquitlam there, in my house, <laughs> I had a bear going right underneath the fence. Well, look, there are, um, I know that there's some recent business interactions even in Kimberley with the community, with the futures. No? Well, you know, I'm, we recently, um, at the business awards that uh, were held in <coughs> October, I think of the 15 awards that were um, uh, awarded, three of them were uh, community futures-based startups. Mm -hmm. And there were probably at least two or three others that were nominated. So you'll see a lot of um, businesses that have some attachment, uh, whether through loans or through uh, basically tutelage of uh, getting business supports through one of the arms of, of some of the contracts that Community Futures operates. I find it amazing because, I mean, why do we expect that just because I want to be an entrepreneur, I, I know how to do a business plan? I don't. So if I can go to somebody and say, look, how do I put that? How do I position that? How do I put my thoughts on paper, right? That's right. And, you know, you can. there's a self-employment program course that you can take. You can, uh, there's actually some really <coughs> good, um, questionnaires that you can take online even to find out if you if you currently have the mentality it doesn't mean that you won't later but you can also find that out where you're at but I think if you're starting a business and you've got an opportunity to get um, business advisors to, to work along with you and maybe you're taking a look at your financials and you want to uh, look at them a different way and maybe you have something in operations that should be actually into a different category but those are the, the advisors that'll help guide you and it's not that intuitive. The business that you understand for yourself, that may be more intuitive. Right. It's course. that underlying component yeah. that... Well, and the other thing is too, I think the great American poet Ralph Waldo Emerson said that uh, God grant me someone who can make me do what I can, right? I mean, we, we can do so much more. But sometimes I need somebody to rattle our cage and say, look, if you went this road, or have you ever considered it this way? And I think that's where organization comes in, which I think is great. Now, you have some upcoming opportunities for access to capital, which uh, the Kootenai Columbia Investment Co-op yes. provides. So this is one of the things that we're seeing in a lot of rural <coughs> communities. We're seeing them in, um, they've certainly been ubiquitous out east uh, in the Maritimes. So these are, community ventures that you can invest in. Uh, the, the minimum investment is uh, $500. You're not gonna make a wealth of interest off your investment, but what the investment does is, if you wanna know where your money's going to, mm -hmm. and you wanna invest in local businesses, <coughs> um, like the Kootenai Columbia Investment Co-op, you know, it'll, it can use this money and leverage with either other banks or community futures, but another lending institution, and also use that money to build the business. So you're investing directly into somebody you probably, you very well may know. Yeah, it's in, in, your community in, our, in your community. And, and it's safe, right? Yeah. I mean, in today's world, uh, we always talk about uh, the return on capital, but in most importantly, it's the return off capital. Get your money back, right? It is. Yeah. Well, that's true. and. Well, why wouldn't you? Of course, you want to make sure you're, you want to do that. But 
you know, if on his last little few months, there's a few people worried whether they're going to get their money back in the stock market. No, <laughs> it's been well. That's well, good point. But you know, like one of the things we see, especially you know, in you know, I'm not a big let's compare generations. Like everything seems to be about millennial quest, you know, and millennials and the the baby boomers and the greatest generation. I think many people all have the same or related values. I'm, I just don't. I personally don't believe in all that as much. But one thing is, you know, if you want to make sure that you know where your money's going, and so if you have mutual funds and you're wearing a no fracking t-shirt, but you have <laughs> no clue where your money's going, yeah. you know, you may be, yeah. you know, you may be contributing to what you don't agree in. But here you certainly would. Well, that's, uh, that's funny. It's, uh, years ago, I made a speech in Victoria and uh, there was this... Uh, this uh, woman stood up, she says, well, she says, I, I don't know. And she sounded like she was in pain. I have a million dollars uh, and we own our own home. Um, but what do I do with it? You know, and I, I thought to myself, you know, so I was a bit flippant. I said, we have a million dollars and you own your own home. I buy a big Mercedes and live happily ever after. Well, she didn't think it was funny. <laughs> was, <laughs> I think it's right. Then <laughs> <laughs> somebody else piped up and said, well, a million, you just put them into mutual funds. They are safe. And so on, and then I said, well, actually, you know, if you have mutual funds, you got to really know where you're in. Those mutual funds might be invested in, in real estate uh, investment trusts that are into warehouses, or they might be into condominiums. You've got to understand where exactly your money is, right? So, um, and um, after the speech, somebody came up to me and says, you know, he says, I, I don't have a million dollars, but I have $80,000 in mutual funds, and I have no idea what that's invested in. I said, well, hop off to your stockbroker or wherever you bought it from and find out, you know? Yeah. The key is that uh, we're not used to, as individuals, managing larger amount of money. Now, now, maybe in Vancouver now with the real estate values haven't gone up, there's a lot more wealth out there, but we've got to do some, some time and effort to, to check things out. And that's where I think Community Futures does a great job, particularly in the rural communities, you know? It's, it's great. Yeah, and that's the focus. And uh, more recently, uh, Community Futures was asked to uh, provide a proposal and, and was awarded. They're actually working on delivering the Entrepreneurs with Dif Disability program in the urban areas. So, the, mm. so in British Columbia, the, the more common services are rural communities. So it's basically not the Vancouver area, not the Victoria greater area. But uh, the Entrepreneur EDP program, those will be delivered in those two locations. Interesting. You're also looking for new opportunities like the loss of Greyhound service. Uh, well, I th well I, I think that's more <coughs> just generally. I think that's just more my general interest on that, Ozzy, is when you take a look at, um, you know, the loss of the Greyhound service, uh, you know, more recently I, I did have a call uh, with, well, how do I get to Kimberley if I can't get a Greyhound? And they were calling from the Lower Mainland. So I, I gave them the, the flight schedules, so they knew how to, you know, yeah. there was opportunities sure. because Kimberly now has, you know, we have three carriers here. Who is uh, that now? That's so we have uh, Pacific Coastal, we have Air Canada, and we have WestJet. Just not from Vancouver yet, no? Yep. Not, so the direct, the, the direct flights are Air Canada and Pacific Coastal. Yeah. And then uh, uh, WestJet, West yeah, you will get a probably a layover in... Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we, we are, I'm one of those that really roots for WestJet coming to a direct flight to Kimber or to Cranbrook because, you know, there's no competition with just Air Canada. 
Actually, at Air Canada now, the regular flight is the same as me flying to Frankfurt, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I, I remember when I first moved here. I moved to Kimberley uh, about 24 years ago from Indianapolis. And I was looking at flights uh, at the time from the regional airport, and they were so prohibitive. But, you know, with the competition now, you know, I really think the uh, the regional airport out of Cranbrook is as competitive as anybody else's. Yeah, no question. It's such, and when you consider, I mean, you're a major ski resort in Kimberley, and I, I, I land on the airport, and 20 minutes later in front of my house, right on the hill, it's really close. I mean, when you look at, even if you fly to Whistler, hey, you fly to Vancouver, you're still two and a half hours away. Or even to Fernie, you've got to still an hour's drive from the airport. So really, it's very convenient for somebody that wants to go skiing in Kimberley. It is, and I agree. Or golfing, if uh, you know, really, if you're not at the base of the hill within 30 minutes, we could almost guarantee a cold one for you. But we won't. But we could. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, it, it certainly uh, um, you have been, of course, involved in, in Kimberley as the general manager of the local chamber and. Uh, uh, there's so many activities that small towns do to attract business, to, uh, to uh, redirect uh, business and all these wonderful things. But one thing that I really enjoy about you is that you're not one-dimensional. You're a very eclectic personality. You play in a band, you know, and I've, I've seen you play the, is it a xylophone? Or <laughs> the keyboards the then. The keyboard, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, not a xylophone is with little sticks. But you know, I, I do like the xylophone. It's like being the drummer on a keyboard, so yeah. it's uh, quite fun. Oh yeah, that's right. But uh, I've heard you sing. I mean, uh, now how much do you get out to play in the band? Not as much as the old days when uh, maybe about four or five years ago, uh, when you're in a band, you, uh, you work together to collaborate and then you work together to break up. And that's pretty <laughs> much yeah. how things sometimes go. But uh, when Sketch was around and we, we toured a bit, uh, we really did have some, some good success in, in drawing crowds and having a great time. And I uh, certainly enjoyed you know, those days. And uh, the leftovers from the band, there's still three of us and one other, and we developed another band. Uh, it sounds more like an address than it is a band. <laughs> it's called Four Deer Run. Okay. Uh, just what does that mean? What's it? Uh, well, one day there were four deer going by, and <laughs> you know. Well, of course, very logical. Yeah. Well, yeah, really. <laughs> we just took, didn't yeah. add the mule deer actually, <laughs> and we've uh, been working on together on that. And uh, so I went from keyboard back to a guitar, and um, and we're. You know, we, we have a, a couple of nights that we're playing uh -huh. while you're here, so uh -huh. hopefully you'll be able to get a chance to yeah, get out. Yeah, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I think that's when, when you have hobbies like that, uh, that, uh, that are fun. I don't think you're doing it for the money, right? I mean, you're not... <laughs> no musician anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't get paid like the, like the Beatles do. At, but but uh, what are your favorite bands uh, that you model well, yourself after? Well, I... Well, I, I don't know if, well, maybe I'll, okay, I'll say I could model myself after. You know, I think the Beatles in a lot of ways were, you know, they, they get a lot of uh, chat time, but I think they were so underrated in their harmonies and, yeah. uh, you know, their ability to, to actually play. And, you know, really they weren't with us as yeah. a band very long in, right. in the commercial sense. Yeah, I mean, not like the Rolling Stones so who have to keep which, on reinventing. <laughs> well, yeah, but and good on them for doing that yeah. too. Um, with so I always thought you know with their harmonies and their ability yeah. to write music and you know they did the only time they ever used an outside guitarist was when they invited 
uh, Eric Clapton, but yeah. pretty much they were they yeah, were their studio musicians yeah. outside of the Symphonics and George Martin. And so often that you just drive along and you listen to a tune and you remember that was really from the mid-60s somewhere. You know, some of their music is really surviving uh, yeah. extremely well. And I will say, when they came to North America in 64, that was just a little over two months after JFK's assassination. Yeah. And, you know, th I think that was really a recovery period for America, too, is trying to, you know, grasp with, you know, the tragedy that happened that, yeah. that sad day in November. And then, you know, in early February, here come yeah. the Beatles and, yeah. and that. So I, I like them. And then on the other side, uh, I like this rock punk band out of Oakland, yeah, uh, Rancid. <laughs> so I really enjoy them. And yeah. But you also like Dean Martin. I don't know. Love Dean Martin. Could, you know, couldn't be any more worlds apart. Look, just, just, you know. Well, you know, in a lot of ways, he was a rebel. He, yeah. he was the Rat Pack Republican. Yeah. And <laughs> so he was, you know, he would be different than the rest yeah. of them. And yeah, and a lot of the tunes that he was crooning, you know, uh, with his uh, his shtick was to be always slightly inebriated on TV, right? So and, uh, It's good work if you yeah. can find it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've, you've been, um, you know, certainly in, you had a very active uh, career and, and you're still, of course, having a very active career, but uh, what people may not know, you had some four years of active duty in the U.S. Navy. Yeah, I was a radar man. They called it Operation Specialist. Then, in the U.S. Navy. I was born and raised in Indianapolis. Uh, in a, the neighborhood was called Eagledale. Uh, it was great. It was, I, I couldn't have had probably a a better childhood you know my my parents were wonderful and are still uh, wonderful people they raised uh, the four of us we you know after you know it was like 1979 it was really getting to tough I went to Indiana University for about a year and a half and that wasn't for me so I enlisted in the United States Navy did and you get out on the water much? Or was that's it? all I was on. Oh, well, that's fabulous. I love the ocean. Yeah. It is, it, but it's so, <laughs> but it's different when you're living with 435 guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get, what do you do on a Saturday night if you're still on the ocean? Right? You're either sleeping or working. Yeah. <laughs> but but you then were also nine years uh, a reservist. No, yeah, that, yeah. Because yeah, that punishment wasn't enough, Ozzy. I decided <laughs> to. Uh, uh, to continue my reserves and uh, so we... What, what exactly is, what does a reservist do? Well, I'll tell you what we did from 1985 to 94 when I left and that was uh, drink coffee, eat donuts and talk about what we used to do. <laughs> well, there's a lot of us around to do that, do that. But so as a reservist, you're just ready in case of an emergency, I guess. Pretty much. And uh, while I was in, that's when the uh, invasion of Kuwait happened. Yeah. And there were a lot of reservists called up for that. Um, my son has just been born, and so I was quite prepared to go. And I'm like, okay, that part was done. Although um, they just, I just, my number just didn't get picked. But um, a lot okay. of reservists were called up for that, and and have been. And you'll see them used a lot, especially in natural disaster emergencies as mm -hmm. well. Well, but from there, I guess you also then learned a lot about. Uh, a military, you became a defense contractor and you know, developed a process to have deliverables provided via digital means when I remember Apple and IBM were never communicating, you know, it was one or the other, right? And it was back then too, so it was, uh, you know, in 1988, uh, the internet was around, but there wasn't really strong communication protocols outside of, we would, what's called FTP files back and forth, yeah. and trying to find uh, 
formats and uh, getting drawings, multi-layer drawings and two out to the fleet and hoping that they would actually even have the, you know, the right discs because it wasn't showing up on a network. And so it was really fun to kind of, and, and satisfying to see how the internet has uh, changed our lives and, and provided, provided that communication. And, you know, physical media has, you know, changed so much and we don't have to mail discs and we don't have to mail tapes. <laughs> and I we, know the, 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 the floppy disks, you know, and then into the, the A drive that we had to that, do. <laughs> well, sadly, I have to admit, I go back to where actually you, you booted with a drive yeah. to get your operating <laughs> system to, to run. I remember my first games that I played, there were little stick men running across the street. Uh, across the screen, <laughs> and today you need 50 gigabytes for any business just to play a game. That's true, you know. But you know, good for progress to happen, and you know, development of uh, file format exchanges. And yeah. you know, I, I, I was, you know, probably in the early stages of it, but and I've, I've really appreciated what uh, the commercial businesses have created and done to make our lives better at exchanges. Sure, no question. Information makes us all uh, smarter. Good information you, does. You, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, not all information <laughs> is good. How did you get to Kimberley then? I turned right at Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, um, I was working in Hawaii for the Navy Reserves. Uh, and, uh, you know, life provides you certain opportunities. Yeah. And I uh, had an opportunity from that to apply to come to Canada and Canada was gracious enough to accept me and and I moved here in 94. Yeah, so you must like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, very much. You know, I, I love both my sides. I still have my family in the States and I have my family here. Now, um, you know, I always ask everybody that question, uh, do, do you like cats better or dogs? <laughs> <laughs> You know, this is a this is where the the conversation. I'm a cat person myself, <laughs> only because I leave for extended times and I can just load up their bowl and, yeah. and do that. But um, uh, they're usually on their own. No? They're, they're master of their own fate, and they like it or they don't like it, and they're particular about it. No? Well, you know, I I've had two cats, and um, you know, they don't like anybody but me, really, and uh, that's fine. That's <laughs> yeah. all. I'm. That's what you I'm require. That self, I guess I'm that self-centered. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> And I agree with that. Uh, although we, uh, um, I can go either way. My daughter has two cats. My son has two cats. But we always had dogs, and uh, and my wife and I always had dogs. Anyways, uh, Kimberly, being in charge of the the chamber there for a while, um, uh, where's your favorite place to go for dinner? I'll give you my top three. Okay. The Barn House in Kimberly, an absolute. You have to come here and. You know, take some friends and make it gregarious. Yeah. You know, we've ex we've tried it yeah. out a few times, and but it's just a great yeah. food is wonderful. And the atmosphere it's one of really the oldest uh, wooden structures in Canada too. It was, yeah, it's know, almost four hundred years, years old. old yeah, yeah. yeah we spend every New Year's Eve there for the last fourteen years. You know, it is it is a, it really is like an old farmer's house. Uh, uh, in in Kimberley with a with a great set and great chefs. So I agree with you. I actually I like their bread so much. I persuaded the chef to always bake me an extra loaf that I then take with me after oh, dinner. Nice, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other two I'd recommend is when you're here, go to the Kimberley City Bakery and get the apple oh, fritter. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the burrito grill. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we go there too. They have this great with that lime, lime chicken soup or something. Yeah. You know, and, uh, no. So no, that's great things to do. Well, I wouldn't uh, be a real estate analyst or talker if I didn't talk about future growth opportunities. Uh, are they in Kimberley or are they outside of Kimberley? Or well, they're both. I'll give you some examples. If you look at Thai construction, they have Thai right. custom homes, Thai uh, log homes. They've got some developments going on here in Kimberley that are, I think, really, I like their price points. I like what they're developing, and I also like where they're developing. Um, close to the our downtown area, so every you know a lot of the amenities are, are walking distance. So I, I would encourage investigating um, those locations. Another one's farther down, what's on uh, Rotary Drive. The other place that's interesting to me is Canal Flats. Mm -hmm. How far is that about? Uh, my Hoosierism will yeah. tell you it's 40 minutes away. Yeah. Uh, so whatever that is in yeah. kilometers or miles, but it's a, about yeah. a 40 minute drive. But it's the mouth of the Columbia River. Uh, a new data uh, mining uh, business is uh, looking to uh, develop and expand there. It had a, uh, it was operated with uh, Can4 and before that Tenbeck as a lumber yard. They left, uh, Can4 reconsolidated their their um, assets, but I think there's a lot of interest in, you know, one location of the mouth, and that's a, like a large shallow lake. But I think there could be some interesting things there, and I think there's opportunity for good growth. And you're you're really nearby a fair amount of hot springs. You're you're yeah. still close to, you know, this area as well. But well, I think there's some opportunity there. I run across people all the time that sort of relocate from the say the Surrey's high. Bu high busy and lots of people and prices that are crazy and then they sell and take whatever money they got come to Kimberley or maybe Canal Flats and buy the set buy the better accommodation and have money left over to put in the bank you know so there's some real reasons why people should go afield I put on the radio last Saturday a condo in Cranbrook for $68,000 on the top floor of a building I don't know I'm sure it's older but it says it's been renovated for $68,000. I mean, <laughs> hold on, I get my credit card <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just put the down well, payment I remember on. I made a, I made a speech a couple of times uh, in Kimberley, like I guess three years ago, and there was a condo on the hill, you know, $55,000 yeah. and 3000 down, I said, would buy it. The payment is 250 plus common area costs cheaper than rent. Now there's nothing on the hill here in Kimberley that's under 80000 So there's $3,000 down, would have made you a nice, property while you were in a fully furnished suite yes <laughs> yeah so in Vancouver of course you can't literally cannot buy a window for that money you know I mean downtown is now a million dollars is quite a normal kind of price in downtown Vancouver for a condo so. crazy world <clears throat> anyways the uh, final thoughts you have anything that you want to leave with us well, I'll tell you one thing is uh, not having always been a, an agent of change. I've really appreciated, you know, I've got really sound advice. I have ripped off your material for years. <laughs> uh, and probably one of the most sound things I remember you saying is, uh, die of something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that in a morbid way, but it, it, it tells you to live for something. And uh, I really appreciate all the guidance. I mean, you're a, you're a blend of Zen, 
<laughs> and reality all at the same time. So it's about executing your plans, but embracing the things that are having in front of you. And I always appreciated the information I've received from you. Well, thank you very much. And you certainly are an example of, hey, you play in a band, you run things, you're eclectic. Can we ask for anything more? We all want to be a character, right? We don't want to be a copy. You sure are not a copy. Thank you for doing this. This is Ozbuzz signing out. And if you want to have more of Ozbuzz, go to ozbuzz.ca. And by the way, all of the Ozbuzz pieces you can now download on iTunes or listen to it at the podcast service of your choice. Bye.